Hi friends, Gerald Law here. Welcome to the Love Lake Norman podcast. Love Lake Norman is a church in Cornelius, North Carolina, whose mission is to help people find and follow Jesus. You're about to hear a message that will be helpful and hopeful. Our goal is to encourage you to take the next step in your faith. Wherever you are, we want you to know that God has a plan and a purpose for you. Thanks for spending time with us today. We hope you enjoy this message. Hey, my name is Ethan, and I'm so thrilled that you are checking this video out. Today we're talking about faith. Actually, this entire series we've been talking about faith. This series called The Great Adventure. And in this series, and in just in life, we believe that faith uh, is a really great adventure. Actually, like maybe the greatest adventure you can ever go on. Like maybe you've been to some great, beautiful places. You've gone on some great trips, had some great experiences. But we believe, and if you've been walking a faith journey for a while, um, you may have found out that faith in Jesus is a great, great adventure. It's bigger than any trip you could take, uh, better than uh, any experience you could have, more fulfilling than any adventure you can plan. Now, maybe for you, maybe for all of us, faith can be a little bit complicated. Maybe when you hear the word faith, uh, you cringe a little bit. Maybe because of your past, uh, maybe your religious upbringing, uh, maybe because of your parents or the church that you went to or a friend that you had or a spouse that you had or have. When you hear the word faith, you cringe a little bit. It brings back some, some not so great Memories. Maybe you're someone who has a roller coaster faith. Maybe your faith kind of looks like this. It's, it's up really high and then it's down really low depending on what's happening in your life. Maybe you're watching this video because <clears throat> you're new to faith. Maybe you are brand new to Christianity or exploring Christianity. Maybe for you, you've been faithful for years. You're watching this and you're like, I've, I've been going to church and following Jesus for years and years and years. Or maybe... You're sitting here watching and you're thinking, I have zero faith, zero faith in God or Jesus or the Bible. I'm just checking this out because it showed up on my computer screen or my phone. Well, regardless of, of where you are in that, in that range, we are thrilled that you're watching here. And my hope for today is for us to actually have a better understanding of faith and, and what it really is, and more importantly, how to have it and, and look at some stories and some interactions that Jesus had with people and look at their faith. Now, <clears throat> maybe you haven't thought about it this way, but your life, the world around you, it's kind of full of faith. I mean, you have faith in people. There's people in your life, whether it's your spouse or your parents, um, your coworkers, your boss, that you have faith in. You trust with everything, that you, you have some faith in them. Maybe for you, you have faith in some sports teams. Now, maybe you have a better faith with them, uh, you know, a stronger faith with them before the game starts and by the end of the game, you're, you're pretty ticked off. But next week, next Sunday, your faith is right back up. You even have faith in things. Um, your car, you, you have faith that your car's going to crank, hopefully, every time you get in it. You have faith in your refrigerator that when you go on vacation that you're not going to get home and, and have some things dethawed and some, some, something stanky in there. Um, I'm a deep sleeper. I, I sleep 
through about anything. So I have a lot of faith in the fact that my doors are locked at night. And I also have faith in my wife that if someone comes into our house, she's going to take care of it. You have faith if you've ever been on an airplane. If you've ever been on an airplane, uh, it takes a lot of faith. Now, I don't love flying. I've done it quite a bit in the past five or six years. I don't love it, but it takes a lot of faith. Faith in a pilot that he knows, he or she knows what they are doing. Faith in all the instruments and the screens and the knobs and the actual plane itself. This gigantic metal tube that is literally flying through the air. You have faith that your bags are going to get to the destination that you're going to and not end up lost or some where else? But no matter how much faith we have in flying, the minute we hit turbulence, at least for me, all that can go out the window. No matter how many times you've been on an airplane, if turbulence gets bad enough, your white knuckles, you're just gripping onto the armrest and you're thinking, how could I ever have trusted something so crazy? How could I ever trust a pilot or this metal tube that I'm flying in? Now, uh, a couple of years ago, I was flying to Salt Lake and uh, it was it was dark and I was on the aisle, so I couldn't really see out the window. And we were kind of getting close to the uh, to, to where you would land and uh, things got a little shaky. Things got a little rough, rougher than anything I'd ever experienced in an airplane before. And I'll be honest, I was afraid. No one else around me looked very afraid, but I was terrified. I got so scared. Uh, at one point, I honestly thought about asking this poor, like 20 year old girl beside me if she would like hold my hand. Like, can you just give me some kind of emotional support through this situation? Your life is full of faith, not necessarily just in God, but you, you have faith in a lot of things. And, and regardless of where you are right now in your faith in God or Jesus, or the Bible, I think it's important to look at three instances, three stories that we find in the New Testament, three interactions and conversations that Jesus has with three very, very, very different groups of people. We see an interaction with a man and Jesus in Matthew 8. It says this, when he had entered Capernaum, a centurion came forward to him, appealing to him, Lord, my servant is lying paralyzed at home, suffering terribly. And he said to him, I will come and heal him. But the centurion replied, Lord, I am not worthy to have you come under my roof, but only say the word and my servant will be healed. For I too am a man under authority with soldiers under me. And I say to one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he marveled. Jesus marveled and said to those who followed him, Truly I tell you, with no one in Israel have I found such faith. We see Jesus marveled at this man's faith. The man says, just say the word. You don't even have to come to my house, which we could talk about why, you know, the centurion wouldn't want a Jewish, Jewish person into their home. It would, it would be very strange and, and break a lot of customs. But he said, don't even worry about coming to my house because you are power, powerful enough to say the word and heal my servant. This man had great faith. But just a little bit after that, and a few chapters later in Matthew, 
we see another instance of, of faith. And it's, it's with the people, the, the men who actually followed Jesus and Jesus spent most of his time with, which I would assume, and maybe you would assume, that those men would be the most faithful of anyone. I mean, if you were actually hanging out with Jesus, wouldn't you be the most faithful person you know? But this is what happens. It says this in, in Matthew 8, verses 23 through 27. And when he got into the boat, his disciples followed him. And behold, there arose a great storm on the sea, so that the boat was being swamped by the waves. But he was asleep. He being Jesus was asleep. And they went and woke him, saying, Save us, Lord. We are perishing. We are dying, Lord. Save us. Save us. Save us. And he said to them, Why are you afraid? Why are you afraid, O you of little faith? You of little faith, why are you afraid? Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. And the men marveled, once again, people marveling, saying, What sort of man is this that even the winds and the sea obey him? I mean, these men that followed Jesus around, they saw him do countless things miracles. They saw him heal people. They saw him do all kinds of amazing things. And they still didn't have faith. They saw him have power over the physical world, over physical bodies, over the seen and the unseen. And they still seemed to doubt who Jesus was and what he was capable of doing. Do you relate to that? Because I know I do. I know I do. Do you have a string of stories that you look back on and you think, yeah, I believe that was God working in and around me. That was God working in me and God working around me. But some, for some reason, in the midst of a storm, you question everything. Does he really love me? Does he really have the best for me? Can he really save me from this? Does he really want to save me? From this, We begin to question, regardless of what's happened, regardless of what has been promised, we question. Like the disciples, we question. There's one more story I want to share with you, and it's found in uh, Mark's gospel. And this is what we see in Mark 9. And when they came to the disciples, they saw a great crowd around them and scribes arguing with them. And immediately all the crowd, when they saw him, were greatly amazed and ran up to him, him being Jesus, and greeted him. And he asked, he being Jesus, asked, what are you arguing about with them? And someone from the crowd answered, teacher, I brought my son to you, for he has a spirit that makes him mute. And whenever it seizes him, it throws him down and he foams and grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. So I asked your disciples to cast it out and they were not able. And he answered them, O faithless generation, how long am I to be with you? How long am I to bear with you? Bring him to me. And they brought the boy to him. And when the spirit saw him, immediately it convulsed the boy and he fell on the ground and rolled about foaming at the mouth. And Jesus asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said from childhood. And it has also often cast him into a fire or into water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, if you can, all things are possible for one believe, who believes. Immediately, 
listen, this is amazing. Immediately the father of the child cried out, cried out and said, I believe, help my unbelief. And when Jesus saw that a crowd came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, you mute and deaf spirit, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. And after crying out and convulsing him terribly, it came out and the boy was like a corpse, so that most of them said, he is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up and he Arose. I believe that this is one of the most incredible moments in the entire gospel. It's so vulnerable and, and raw, and I believe it's a great way of connecting with someone whose, whose faith is real, whose faith is real. I do believe, Jesus, but please help my unbelief. <laughs> I do believe, but where I don't help me, I believe, maybe just a little bit, but, but where I don't believe, please help me. It's so relatable. Just inside of these three stories, we see such a wide range of faith. And when you look at the gospel, when you look at the New Testament, you see even more of that. You see that the people who Jesus talked to, who sat down beside and who he interacted with had such a wide range of faith. The problem with me and the problem maybe that you've had with your faith is you see it as maybe like an SAT score. You do this thing and you get this score and it's stuck with you. It's stuck with you and then you're left comparing your score with your classmates. Oh, I made a 1400. I made a 800. Well, I made a 200. I didn't even know what to say. So you begin to compare and you're just kind of stuck with this number for, for a while. Maybe you can retake the test, but, but maybe you just, you just leave it where it is. And you think, this is who I am now. This number is who I am now and there's not much I can do to change it. Maybe for you, faith is felt like that. Maybe it's like, you know, I, I don't have a lot of faith and that's just who I am. That's just who I am. Or maybe I have a lot of faith, but it's in the wrong thing. And that's just who I am. Or maybe my faith stays kind of like this. And that's just who I am. There's not much I can do about it. It's just, it's just the way I am, the way life is, the way faith is going to be for me. But, but, but the way I see it, the way I think Jesus saw it, the way I, when I read the New Testament, when I, I see the interactions in the gospel, faith is, is a lot less like an SAT score stamped on your final grade and a lot more like driving on an interstate. Now here in Charlotte, we have Interstate 77, which I hate. And, and here's the reality of, of my analogy. Some people have been driving on the interstate for a long time. They've been driving it for a really long time. Some people just got on. Some people are brand new to the interstate and, and they're merging on. Some people drive a little bit slower than others. Some people are just speeding right through. Some people are alone in their car driving on the interstate and some people have people with them, friends or family or their kids or their spouse. And every once in a while you, got, you might get turned around. Every once in a while you might take the wrong exit, but hopefully you'll get back on and merge back into the interstate. Now, that anal analogy isn't perfect, but I hope you understand what I mean. We are all on a journey. 
We're all on a faith journey. Maybe you've been driving that journey for years. Maybe you're brand new. Maybe you got turned around and maybe you're getting back on. Maybe you go a little bit slower than others. And all of that is okay. All of that is okay because the thing that we have to realize is this. Jesus met each and every person where they were. He met each and every person in these three interactions, in every interaction that he had, he meets you and he meets me exactly where we are. Some of us have really great, mature faith, and some of us have very small, baby faith. But Jesus meets you where you are. Maybe you're saying today, I kind of believe Jesus helped my unbelief. I kind of believe I don't really know. Jesus helped my unbelief. Now, in Mark's gospel, he records uh, this conversation after the healing of the boy. There's a conversation that happens in Mark 17, and it says this. Then the disciples came to Jesus in private and asked, why couldn't we drive it out? It being the demon, it being the convulsions of this boy. Remember, they tried to to heal this boy and they couldn't. And so they're asking Jesus, why couldn't we do it? What did we do wrong? What, What happened? And in verse 20, this is what Jesus says. And it's so encouraging to me. He says, because you have so little faith, truly, I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, You can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. You see, here I have a mustard seed. I'm kidding. I don't. But even if I did, it would be that small. I mean, it's so small that you probably couldn't even see it in this video. It's so tiny. But And I don't know much about mustard Seeds. I don't know much about mustard greens. The only kind of mustard I know about is the kind I put on my hot dog. But I did a little bit of research, and I did find out that a mustard seed can grow into a bush that is 20 feet, 30 feet in size. The reality is a mustard seed has future. A mustard seed has potential. A mustard seed, no matter how small it is, can Grow. I believe that Jesus says this about faith because it's something that starts so small, so small that you can barely even see it. You can barely even hold it in your hand, but that thing has room to grow. That thing has room to grow, not overnight, not instantly, but to grow slowly over time with proper care and water and sunlight and nutrients. With those things, that little seed and can, can produce a gigantic bush that will produce and produce and produce. Faith is no different. Faith is no different. Faith is a zero to a hundred overnight. It's not instant. It's tiny, small, yet meaningful steps. It's a series of small yet meaningful steps that you can take right now, that you can take right now, regardless where you find yourself on that journey, regardless where you find yourself on the interstate, you can get back on and keep driving. 
No matter the speed, no matter who you're with, you can keep going forward, growing with potential, with a future, taking small, meaningful steps toward Jesus. So what is your next step today on your faith journey? Because you've got one. I've got one. We all have one. Maybe you need to be informed. I mean, Christianity is not a blind faith. It's an informed one. So maybe you need to do some research. Maybe you need to read some articles. Maybe you need to open up the Gospels. Maybe you need to talk to a friend who you trust. Maybe you have a little bit of belief, but you're asking, God, help my unbelief. Maybe for today, you need to be informed. Maybe today, your next step is to actually take a step of faith. Maybe you're staring at a decision, a fork in the road, and you're like, you know, I really don't know what to do. Sometimes we're not really sure of the outcome or what's going to happen, but I believe, and the Bible tells us, that God wants you to trust him in your decisions. That in your decision, actually, you can lean on Jesus and put your faith in Jesus, even though it's, it's a little scary, even though you're not sure what's going to happen, even though, God, I believe, but help my unbelief. And in that decision, your faith can grow. Your faith can grow from a seed this small to something a little bit bigger. Not necessarily a 20 foot bush right now. Your small seed of faith can grow into something just a little bit bigger. And then maybe the next day or the next week or maybe the next month or year, something just a little bit bigger. And then as you take steps, you get into community, you start coming to church, you start serving, you start tithing, you learn more about who Jesus was. You learn more about the character of God and what he says about you and what he did for you by sending Jesus to die on a cross. You begin to grow and you get sunlight and nutrients and the soil around you is cultivated and that little seed that was just a tiny little thing that you could barely hold in your hand just a few months ago or just a year ago or just five years ago, you look back and you think, wow, look where God has brought me. And when you look back, this is the amazing thing, when you look back at where God has brought you, even though life is not always perfect, you look back and see where God has brought you, that just makes your faith in him grow even more. It makes your faith in him grow even more. So wherever you find yourself in your faith journey, you have a next step to take. And we are here. Even if you've never met us, we are here in person, an email, phone call, text message to help you take your next step. I encourage you today, find your next step and take it. Will you pray with me? God, I thank you for sending Jesus to, to show us these interactions, to show us your character, to show us what your heart is like. God, while we were at our most selfish, self-centered self, you sent your son out of your love to make a way for us. God, I know everyone hearing my voice right now could have an, uh, an incredible range of faith from, from none to faith for years. And God, I just pray that 
everyone who hears my voice would know that you are available to them, that they can grow, that they can have a future, that they have potential to have faith in you. Through your word, God, speak to them. Allow them to take a step. No matter how small that step may be, allow them to take a step today toward you, God. Thank you for loving us so much and so well. It's in your son we pray. Thanks again for listening. You can find out more about Love Lake Norman at lovelkn.org. If you live in our area, we would love to have you join us on Sunday. If you're not near our church, we want to encourage you to find a life-giving church to be a part of where you live. That will be a key next step on your spiritual journey. Please take a minute, subscribe to this podcast, and keep up to date with our weekly messages. And thanks again for joining the Love Lake Norman podcast.